It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on the Washington football team with your host of the Locked on Washington football team podcast. I am David Harrison and this and Chris Russell. We're back together, Chris. We're, we're, we're so we're together so little nowadays that I can't even get the intro correct when we're both actually here. But Chris Russell and I are both back on today's episode for you here at the Locked on Washington football team podcast. This episode brought to you by Peacock and Williamson NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. Host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Welcome new listeners and returning listeners. If you haven't already, please click the subscribe or the follow button. Leave a rating, leave a review for the show. It'll help other fans of the Washington football team find us just like you did. When we are not here at this show, Chris is on the Team 980, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, and on the Odyssey app, as well as covering your Washington football team and writing for SI.com. I am covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the Locked On Bucks podcast and in writing at BucksNation.com, part of SB Nation, and then five times a week. You can find me or my co-host James Yarko in written form for WTSP 10 Tampa Bay over there, their CBS affiliate on Twitter. Find Chris at WrestleMania621. Find me at DHarrison82 and find the show at locked WFT pod. Chris, since the last time we were on the show together, uh, the Washington football team has added some new players to the roster. Yes, indeed, they have, like 10, actually 11, uh, if you include undrafted running back from the University of Buffalo, Jarrett Patterson, uh, their only uh, undrafted free agent. But 10 draft picks, David, and we're going to get into a pick-by-pick breakdown uh, in the rest of the uh, radio, uh, rest of the radio show, rest of the podcast, um, because, you know, like you said, you and I have been, um, you know, kind of like two ships in the night, so we haven't been able to work together since prior to the draft like the day of the draft was the last time we were together we were doing separate and individual things and trying to serve all the the different uh parties that we have to serve uh so we have not had a chance to talk about uh this draft class but we will but i guess your your initial uh reactions on the first round of the draft uh were you know, um, just starting at the top, nobody was surprised by the top two picks. The the only surprise would come at number three. I was not surprised that they went with Trey Lance. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I mentioned that I thought Mike and Kyle Shanahan would go with Trey Lance uh, at number three. Were you surprised? Uh, I wasn't surprised. I just wouldn't have gone that route. Like for me, I would have gone Justin Fields and, and you know, they have their reasons for going with Trey Lance. And, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of, you know, question whether or not, you know, they're like, well, you know, Trey Lance will get a red shirt here. And I don't I don't know, you know, I haven't gone through the list of top quarterback picks, but it's been quite a while, I think, since a top three draft pick quarterback actually got a red shirt year in the National Football League. Like that's just really not how it works. And Jimmy Garoppolo 
or whatever capacity comes back. He, he's had some injury problems throughout his career, and he's had some performance problems throughout his career. So, I mean, when, when you, you, know, you have a quarterback that's that hot and that cold, I, I just don't see how Trey Lance is not getting on the field in 2021 in some way, shape, or form. And I don't think he's ready for the National Football League stage as a rookie. So he, he needed to go to a situation where he was going to be able to grow behind another quarterback, and I don't think he's there in San Francisco. Good luck to them. Uh, but I just don't think he's the guy out of out of Lance uh, and and Justin Fields who are remaining out of the top four quarterbacks. Justin Fields is the most pro ready out of those two. Yeah, and I'm just the opposite. I mean, I, I like I understand Justin Fields is ahead of his development compared to Trey Lance, but I like Trey Lance better and I like the upside better uh, there. To me, Fields worries me. Um, I, I know he's pretty good, you know, uh, based on on metrics after his first read. I know he's tough. I know he's more experienced than Lance, but I, you know, and 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 I'll admit, maybe I'm I'm judging this. Uh, too hard by three games that I watched him a lot in. Uh, and actually, I watched him obviously tear up Clemson. Uh, but Alabama, Northwestern, and Indiana, uh, I thought he was pretty terrible in all three of those games. Uh, and, and, you know, if you take the best college defense, uh, you say that's probably one of the worst NFL defenses. So to me, I think it's going to be a really you know, significant struggle for Justin Fields, especially in Chicago, where he's going to be viewed as the savior. Uh, and they drafted, you know, they traded up, uh, of course, for him, uh, surrendering a first round pick next year and more. Uh, and to me, I think that's a really, really tough situation uh, for him. Now, that being said, if they can keep Allen Robinson on a long-term deal and others, maybe it works out better uh, than I was anticipating. Um, what did you, who did you think, had the best draft overall um, in, 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 in terms of like big picture now, like more than just the first round, like who did you like really like when somebody, you know, jumped out at you and said, Oh wow, that, that team really cleaned up. Uh, I mean, honestly, Washington, like really? <laughs> yeah, Washington. Okay. I, I love what Washington did. I know we're going to get deeper into it, so I'm not going to touch too big on it, but I will mention that uh, you know, a lot of my attention is split between you know the Bucks and the Washington football team because of what we're doing here and on the outside. But so I was talking with a lot of guys, you know, in the Bucks coverage side and in the in, in our staff that, uh, DM that we have on Twitter that cover the Buccaneers, and they're coming through and they're saying, "Man, Washington, man, what a great pick by Washington here! What a great pick here! What a great pick there!" So I mean, even other Bucks guys uh, that cover that team can tell you that Washington had a really good NFL draft. Outside of that, I mean. I think there's a lot of good classes. I like what the Jets did. I like Robert Sala. I like the class that they had. We'll see how they put it all together. You kind of hesitate, though, because it's the Jets. But I do think the Jets, you know, had a, had a very good weekend for themselves as well. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, I liked Washington's draft, maybe not as much a, as I like yours. I know uh, our colleague over uh, on the draft side, Trevor Sikama, who also writes uh, for the draftnetwork.com really, really like Carolinas. I'm not sure I liked Carolinas as much as he did, although I really liked uh, Tommy Tremble, who we had talked about uh, a, a lot. Uh, you know, I love Benjamin St. Juice, who uh, Washington was able to get. I, you know, when I look around, I say, well, you know, okay, Cleveland looks like they had a pretty good draft, right? They get pretty good value in JOK at 52 overall, assuming that his heart can uh, hold up. And Newsom, of course, is going to be a starting corner and in a passing league. And Schwartz is really fast. Um, you know, it, it, for me, 
I get, you know, I did not like the Chicago Bears move uh, at all. Obviously, that shouldn't surprise you. I didn't love uh, the Dallas draft. I kind of liked, honestly, I I hate to say it, I kind of liked, you know, the Giants. Um, You know, I think trading back down, uh, not once, but twice, and landing an extra first round pick next year and some of the projects that they got. Now, when I say projects, I mean, obviously, Kadarius Tony's got a hit, right? Uh, But Olajari, if he can stay healthy, that's a big thing. He's going to be hard to deal with coming off the edge. I really liked Aaron Aaron Robinson. Uh, I know doing the show on Saturday uh, during the later rounds uh, with Logan Paulson, former NFL tight end, who we've had on as a guest here. He loves Ellerson Smith, the edge out of Northern Iowa. So, uh, and I love, again, the Giants realizing, hey, you know what? We've got to help Daniel Jones, but we also got to help the organization short-term and long-term. And by picking up an extra first round pick and more i really liked what dave gettleman did well we're going to move into more of the washington football team draft class chris here in the upcoming segments but first we got to deliver a message from our friends at nugenics hey washington football team fans listen up nugenics the number one selling free testosterone booster at gnc is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in america to get your complimentary bottle of nugenics total t text draft to 231 231 this unique man boosting formula is powered by testafen which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increases energy and lean muscle mass plus text now and they'll they'll include a bottle of nugenics thermo their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free text draft to 231231 that's draft 231231 message and data rates may apply All right. While you do that, we also want to tell you that you should visit our friends with 1010. That's right. 1010 is a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. Who can beat that? 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Ring sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. And they're available now through Mother's Day, guys, which is this weekend only on Blue Nile. That's BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and is fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I checked these out. I'm blown away by the beautiful, simple ring from Lola Finehurst. Symbolism is so cool. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. All right, we welcome you back on the Locked On Washington football team podcast along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. Again, follow David at dharrison82. You can follow the podcast at LockedWFTPod at LockedWFTPod. David puts up lots of great information up there. All right, let's get to it, my friend. Uh, I want your spin on all of this. 
Um, Jamin Davis is a guy that we touched on. We talked about, uh, I can't remember if we had him, either one of us had him ranked in our top three. Uh, I know I wasn't as into him based on pre combine hype and where he had come from fourth, fifth round grade. Uh, I know Greg Minuski, the former Washington defensive coordinator, uh, said on Monday that he had a third round grade when he first started coaching him at Kentucky. He was not the coordinator there. He's a defensive assistant. Uh, but he's a really, really, really good kid. They love him. They love his work ethic. They love his personality, his maturity, his versatility. What do you love or what are you most concerned about with Jamin Davis? Uh, I mean, I think first and foremost, I love some of the personality traits that were talked about. And, and sometimes uh, in NFL players, that can kind of go as an underrated value for a player. Uh, you know, when you look across the league, most of your first round draft picks, you know, there, there, are, there are your occasional uh, you know, miss misevaluation and, and all that stuff. But a lot of the times, if a player is not successful, you know, in the National Football League as a first round talent, it's because of either uh, a poor evaluation, meaning, you know, they just didn't kind of mesh, uh, the, the scheme didn't match the, the player and all that stuff. You're trying to fit, you know, a square peg into a round hole type of situation. Or it's an IQ issue, a football IQ issue, or it's a work ethic type issue. And you always go back to kind of like the Jamarcus Russells of the National Football League who just don't want to be professional football players. You know, they want the money, the accolades, the attention, the celebrity, but they don't want to put the work in and realize that it's it's not just you're not going out into your backyard or, you know, out on the street playing playing ball anymore. This is this is a different level of competition. So when you hear about a player coming into the National Football League and they're talked about as a leader or being a mature person or being someone who already has kind of shown that ability to develop over time, given coaching, given instruction, that bodes well for their future. Because uh, again, to steal from Bucky Brooks, I do it a lot during every draft season. And, and this year has been no different. You have the difference between skill and you have the difference between talent. Uh, Jamin Davis has already shown that he's got plenty of talent. He's got plenty of the intangibles that you really can't teach and the things uh, that you can teach. He's already demonstrated that he can learn them. So for this coaching staff, you look at a guy and you say, He's still a, a, a ball of clay to be molded as long as I, as a coach, come out here and give him the appropriate instruction, put him in the right place, give him the appropriate uh, tools to develop. He should be a guy that develops for our team because he's already proven that he has that mentality. All right. And I like Davis, you know, a, his, his work ethic seems to be unquestioned, right? Everyone you talk to, you know, from Rivera, uh, again, Minuski, what he said earlier this week, uh, we're going to have Mark Stoops. We're scheduled to have Mark Stoops, the Kentucky head coach on later on this week, you and I, so we'll get more on this. Uh, but I like his also versatility and he's exactly what I wanted and what I worried about with JOK, meaning somebody that can go from weak side linebacker to Mike linebacker eventually, maybe late this year and certainly for next year when John Bostick's contract expired. Um, Sam Cosme, I was down on him at 19, David, but I'm all in on, at 51. I know he's not the perfect prospect. I know he's raw, and, or uh, I should say raw. I know he's got some refinement left to do, but I like the value at 51. 19 would have been way too rich for me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and and that's and Sam Cosme, obviously, he's got some work to do. He's got some improving to do, uh, which is why he's a second-round draft pick. I mean, if he was an offensive lineman, offensive tackle, uh, who was just Boom, NFL ready, ready to go right now. Uh, today, plug him into your line and you're good to go. Then he would have been a first-round prospect. You know what I mean? So he's he's a day-two guy for a reason, 51st overall pick. Uh, great potential for him, great value for him, like you just said. And, yeah, he's got the potential to turn into a guy who can be a very important piece to this Washington football team offensive line for years to come. And then, again, 
another guy that you don't hear the character concerns about, you don't hear the maturity concerns about, that you believe is coming in with the mentality of understanding that he's got to put in the work, put in the effort, the time, the studying, the refinement to get better at his craft, and you truly believe that he's going to do that. And so then again, it just kind of falls on the teachers, the coaches inside the building to put him in the right situation, give him the right instruction to help him turn that into execution. Uh, and and as far as the third round pick, well, they had two third round picks. Benjamin St. Juice, the tall corner uh, from Minnesota. Uh, you know, listen, um, again, he, I, I liked him. I, I liked him at the Senior Bowl. I, I liked his length. Uh, I liked his athleticism, his feet. Uh, I think he eventually can be a safety, but they are absolutely committed to trying him at outside corner. He's not a slot corner. Uh, and I made clear, I, I made sure of that when I asked Ron Rivera on Thursday night, uh, after the, or Friday night, I should say, uh, after the draft, um, are you okay with St. Just and taking a, 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 a shot there, even if it doesn't work out at corner and eventually he, maybe he can be your Cam Chancellor type safety? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Benjamin St. Juice, and I think at pick 74, you're getting good value for him as well. And, and you know, you're right. It, it may take some time for this team to kind of figure out where exactly he's going to fit best. You know, he's still got some NFL growing to do. He's going to have to kind of learn schemes, learn his style, and all that stuff. And and I've actually I've often thought that maybe he would be better suited as a free safety type, and that might be something that happens in the future. But, you know, giving him a shot at the, at the outside corner position is not necessarily bad. I saw him do that in Mobile. Saw him do that against some some really good talent out there, short guys that are fast, tall guys that are fast, tall guys that are slow and strong, and he held his own against every single one of them. He did get some flags thrown against them when they put the referees on the field. But you right. know what? Honestly, in practice, you're kind of okay with that a little bit more than you would be in a game because it shows kind of that fight, that determination. Uh, but the key is is that he's putting, he's putting himself in a really good position to defend the ball, to defend the receiver, and he didn't back down to anybody or any level of talent. He was able to adjust, you know, no matter whether it was Kadarius Tony out there or a bigger, stronger guy like Nico Collins, Whoever it was he was going up against, he was able to adjust his style of coverage to the style of the receiver. That shows football IQ. And then yet you never saw the coaches kind of getting into him for a lack of effort, you know, lack of lack of attention or anything like that. So I really like what we see out of Benjamin St. Juice. Again, a third round pick for a reason. So I'm not necessarily saying, you know, go get your jersey hanging on the wall because he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But he does have a really strong skill set. And I actually like I said, I like him at free safety. I think if I were the defensive coordinator, I would probably want to see what he could do there first, actually. But nothing wrong with trying him at his organic position before maybe you make an adjustment, depending on what he shows you on the field. Yeah, because I think he can always be flipped there. And right now, they need more help at the corner spot, ironically, than safety. Like, we we talked more probably about free safety, but if you sit down and think about it, they need more help at corner just because they lost Darby and Moreau. And, yes, they brought in William Jackson the third, but they still had a shortage of depth there. And one last one uh, real quickly here, and then we'll move on to the other picks after the next break, is Diami Brown, the North Carolina receiver. Another receiver but this guy has some I guess you know some comparables to what Terry McLaurin was as a receiver coming out yeah he's a guy that a lot of people talked about leading up to the NFL draft and I liked what I saw I liked what I you know heard about him what I saw myself what I read about him I just I kind of felt like maybe Washington had enough of this on the roster already apparently I was wrong and, and they have a type that they like and they want to get as many of that type as they can and then there's nothing wrong with that um, I just kind of wonder how many different ways they're going to be able to orchestrate this thing and organize this thing but that's what the offense coordinator and the head coach and that's what those guys get paid for so either way Deami Brown he's, he's a very good talent 
very good value there in the third round. I mean, he's a guy that in a lot of wide receiver classes would have been an easy second round draft pick, uh, but because of the depth and talent, especially at the top of this wide receiver group, you know, he falls there to, to, to round three. And if you're Washington, you're just saying, yes, sir, thank you. Can I have some more? Uh, and another place you can go to to say, can I have some more is bet online to get your sports action there because they are the fastest and easiest way to do so with baseball in full swing. You can go to bet online, get all of your information and all your sporting needs for baseball, basketball, hockey, and UFC MMA when those times come. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, yes, indeed. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, maybe you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. You know what my flavor is? Peanut butter brownie. Oh, anything with peanut butter, chocolate, and throw in a little brownie. Oh, and the best part about a Built Bar, they're great for you. They're healthy. They're not what a regular chocolate bar is. They taste great and they're good for you. They're low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, high in protein. Everything is good for you and tastes great. So don't know what to get mom for Mother's Day? Well, most moms I know love Built Bar. Send her a box and you're sure to be her favorite. Who doesn't want to get brownie points with mom? And you can send her peanut butter brownie. See where I'm cooking? Uh, you can be her favorite. And until you send her the next box of Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, we welcome you back to the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Finishing up here uh, on our first uh, episode back together since before uh, the draft, along with David Harrison. So, David, we'll quickly go through uh, day three, all the picks that were made in the last four rounds, which included six picks after a trade uh, with Philadelphia and um, uh, and more. So we got to go through these real quickly. Uh, round four, John Bates, tight end from Boise State. He wasn't one of the tight ends, quite honestly, that I looked at uh, closely because I thought, well, you know, Brevin Jordan or, or Tommy Tremble or somebody like that. They wait until the fourth round, but they get a guy who's a blocking guy first, but also has some pretty decent hands and can be, it can be that combination tight end. Yeah, kind of kind of prioritize a little bit of what we were talking about during the, the lead up to the NFL draft, kind of complimenting, complimenting what they already have. So a good solid pick. I mean, again, round four, you know what I mean? Like no GM's going to get fired because their fourth round pick didn't pan out. Uh, but he's a guy, and, and listening to him uh, talk to you and Logan there, you you like the mentality he's entering uh, his his NFL career with, and you just you wish him the best. And a lot of people say this was a reach, and I know that Sporting News labeled him uh, quite the reach, saying that he probably would have been there in round six. But you know, there's nothing wrong with teams going after a guy and getting their guy. And if they had a if they had a target on a third round tight end that maybe they missed out on, then coming back in the fourth round and saying we're not missing again is is a wise thing to do. All right, so moving on to fifth-round pick Derek Forrest out of Cincinnati. Remember, when they drafted Terry McLaurin, he was expected to be the best special teams player in that draft. He's played three snaps on special teams in his two years, so maybe now Washington finally gets that special team stud that they've been looking for. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, another crack at the safety position. So if you really look at it, you kind of have two two possible safeties in development, you know, for your defense and then maybe a corner and a safety and uh, a good unit getting better, getting younger, getting some depth to develop. And you never know when those guys are going to be called on to come up. So, you know, if you can if you can do something really well uh, in the meantime, then it helps your team and it helps you stay on the roster to, to learn and develop. And then in the sixth round, uh, again, Washington was not expected to have a pick, but they traded back up, acquiring a seventh-round pick and a late sixth-round pick uh, in exchange for a fifth-round pick next year with the Philadelphia Eagles, and they took long snapper Cameron Cheeseman. we got to get Ben Kotwika back on to discuss this because – uh, I've read some not great things about Cheeseman inconsistency. Uh, you know, some people had him as the fourth, the fifth uh, best long snapper in the draft. I never expected to see two long snappers selected in three picks at the bottom part of the sixth round. I, maybe I'm forgetting something, but Cameron Cheeseman is yours. Yeah, a lot of people had that same reaction, and you know, uh, it, it, you know, like you said, there's a vacancy there, there's a need there. So again, going out and getting your guy for for whatever that's worth. Uh, I'm not a huge scouter of long snappers. So, you know, the people out there are saying that there are consistency problems. That's that's an issue. You know, that's a huge issue. And as much as people scoff at a long snapper being a six-round draft pick, I mean, you, you get a bad one in there, that can cause some significant problems at some uh, some very important parts of very important games. So hopefully those problems, you know, if they're fixable, hopefully they get fixed. Hopefully people are just wrong about him and he just turns out to be, you know, the greatest long snapper that ever set foot on the football field. But, you know, that's that's not likely to probably happen, but hopefully he can at least be serviceable. Uh, if not, you know, you can probably expect some uh, some some competition there in training camp. Yeah, if it backfires, Nick Sundberg's going to look really good and Ron Rivera and his staff are going to not look so good because they let go of a reliable veteran uh, for Cameron Cheeseman and a trade up on top. We'll group the two edge slash defensive lineman prospects in the seventh round, William Bradley King out of Baylor and Shocker Tony out of uh, Penn State. What this tells me is there's almost no chance, barring an injury at a key spot that Ryan Kerrigan's coming back. Is that wh- What does this say to you? Yeah, I saw you. I saw you putting that out there, and I, I mean, I have to agree with you. I think they're definitely looking for a way to move forward. Uh, and the and these two guys, you know, they're seventh round picks. You know, again, so obviously you automatically go special teams, and you automatically go practice squad eligible, and, and all that kind of stuff. But again, those these guys are going to have a fighting chance, and they're going to have uh, presumably a better chance than last year's rookie class did to come in and make an effort. Just a quick note, both special te- both seventh-round picks made it last year. James Smith-Williams, defensive end tackle from North Carolina State, and as well Cameron Curl. And we know Cam Curl had a huge rookie year, but James Smith-Williams made a nice contribution as well. And that's been the case for the last couple of years with seventh-round picks in Washington. And one last one quickly on Dax Milne, uh, the wide receiver out of BYU. He sure did love Zach Wilson. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know really what to think of Dax. I think I look at this wide receiver group and just say, good luck, brother. You're probably going to spend time on the practice squad. So that's that to me, that's probably his ceiling right now. I mean, again, you don't want to count anybody out. You know what I mean? It's just when you get that late into the, into right. the draft, that's kind of what you expect. And then you look at who Washington has at the top, who they have in the middle. I just don't see where this guy comes in and overtakes somebody else's job and position. So if he can fight it out, uh, and OTAs if they have them and rookie camps if they can have all of those and, and, and training camp then secure himself a practice squad job uh, look Adam Humphreys new addition to the Washington football team started off on the practice squad so you have a mentor there to help you kind of get through those blues and get you uh, right for for hopefully your you know year two year three rise either with Washington or with somebody else 
All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast. David, good to be back with you. Again, uh, Mark Stoops, Kentucky head coach, will join us later on in the week and into next week on Jamin Davis and more. Uh, This is the Locked on Washington football team podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.